My name is Jason Buss. I'm a member here at Faith Westwood United Methodist Church. Every once in a while they let me preach and for that I am thankful. Whether or not you're thankful for that is yet to be determined. So, <laughs> This is our third in our strange series. The first one is strange joy. Pastor Steve preached about finding joy in all situations and all things. The second one was strange hope. The world can make almost anyone pessimistic, but the disciples of Jesus uh, see the future through strange hope. Today we're going to speak about strange love. I want you to do me a favor. If you've ever volunteered for vacation Bible school, even once, just for anything, would you just raise your hand for me? Now, would you do me a favor and keep your hand up if you've done it for two years or more? I want you to take a look around. This is the definition of strange love. You can go ahead and put your hands down. Thank you. Here's a group of people who volunteer their time and their talents and their energy to be with a church filled with children. What more uh, strange is that to show the kids this strange and, and awesome love? I'd like to start us off with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us all together today. Thank you for having a church filled with people to have such a heart for our young people to show them the, the love and the grace and the mercy, to show that Christians can have a good time and laugh and show joy. What, what better way to show the, the youth of our church Christ's love? Heavenly Father, I ask that you be with us during this message time and be with us always. I ask this in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. The English language has a strange relationship with the word love. How many things do we love? I love fish tacos. I have a friend who, who said, man, I've been eating a lot of fish tacos, and the first time I heard that I thought, you are nuts, fish tacos, that doesn't make any sense to my, my brain at all. Why would anyone do such a thing? One time we were out though, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna give this whole fish taco thing a try. I realized, I love fish tacos. Every time we, we go out to eat and I see fish tacos on the menu, gotta try them here. Love fish tacos. I love Ford Mustangs. Uh, a few weeks ago, my wife and I went out to Kearney to the Shrine Bowl parade, and then uh, the band played at the, the Shriners or during the halftime of the Shrine game. And the first part of the Shrine parade was a lot of Shrine dignitary. And then the band came and we got to see what we really came to see. And I thought the band did a really great job, though I might be a little bit biased. And then the rest of the Shrine Bowl parade was a lot of Shriners. It was a lot of clowns and little cars. But every once in a while, Every once in a while, you get a group of old cars coming through. They had a, a group of, of Corvettes, and I like Corvettes. Corvettes are pretty cool. But my heart really lies with a Ford Mustang. 
and I could see them coming around the corner. The first one was a white 1965 Mustang convertible. It was pretty nice. Second one was a 66 convertible, and I'm always poking my wife a little bit. Hey, what year is that Mustang? Because I pretty much have them all memorized from about 64 and a half to 70. So I can pick them out on sight, and she's always just rolling her eyes at me. But the, the very last one was a 2016 Shelby Cobra. This thing was awesome. And as he went by, he revved the motor, and it just sent chills down my spine. The sound of that car. I do love Ford Mustangs. As I said, we were at the Shrine Bowl Parade to uh, see my youngest daughter march in the, in the parade and then the Shrine Bowl. I have two daughters. I love my daughters very much. I love to see how they are growing into these just amazing young adults. And I love my wife. I've been married for 22 years and I've been extremely blessed for her to put up with me for that long. I, I married way out of my league. And the love that I have for fish tacos is drastically different than the love that I have for my wife. The English language is definitely strange when it comes to love. The Greeks, on the other hand, had six different words for the, uh, when we translate Greek into English, uh, there's six different words that we use for the word love. Uh, the first one is euros. Euros is a sexual love or a passionate love. The Greeks had a little bit of a negative connotation actually about this word, a word of, of loss of control. Then we have phile. Phile is, is deep friendship. Phile uh, is where we get Philadelphia from, the city of brotherly love. We have pragma. Pragma is that long-standing love where you find true, deep value in the person that you're in a relationship. When I think of pragma, I think of the relationship of my grandparents. I see how much they love each other, and value each other. That, to me, is pragma, love. And then we have fellatio. Don't quote me on the pronunciation, or pronunciation of that one. That's the, the love of self. And the Greeks split that into two uh, different meanings. Uh, the first was a narcissistic love, a, a, a love, a, an unhealthy love of yourself. They also used that word as a, a healthy relationship with yourself, uh, uh, that, that self-respect that each and every one of us need to have. The fifth love, the fifth love is Ludus. Ludus is a fun love. It's a young love. It's a, a playful love. One of the definitions that I, I read with Ludus was dancing with strangers. I'd imagine if you uh, uh, took an ancient Greek and took him into vacation Bible school and said, well, you know, what are you seeing? Very easily could be a Ludus love. Ludus love is great. It's joyful. It's a love that says, if Jesus gives us hope, 
Ah, that is Ludus love. The final love, the sixth love, is agape love. That's the love that we're going to talk about today. It's a strange, strange love, radical even. This is the love you extend to all people. Every single person, whether it's your family member or a complete stranger, whether you like this person, this is the love that, that you extend to people with expecting nothing back. It's just a joyful gift of love. It is indeed a strange love. When the uh, word agape was translated into Latin, they, they translated it as a caritas, which is the origin for our word of charity. C.S. Lewis referred to it as gift love, the highest form of Christian love. Here's a love that, that we are to express to everyone expecting nothing back, is truly a strange love. It's also a little bit of a strange sermon, because we're going to have a little bit of a break now. I'm going to invite the band up, and you'll hear the rest of the message a little later. Back stuck with me now for a little bit. Strange love. Is there anything more strange than the very first two verses of the Bible reading today? From Luke chapter 6, verses 27 and 28. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. That may very well be the hardest passage in the entire Bible. Let's think about this. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Can it honestly be that this is what Christ is telling us to do? Pastor Steve has a phrase that he says when we use the Bible, we need to, to pay attention to. His phrase is, is this passage for this time, or, for is it, or is it for all time? For instance, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 34 says, women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission as the law says. Let's see how much trouble I can get myself with this one. <laughs> if we look at the history of what was going on, women were very new to the worship. They weren't ever allowed to be into a worship of, of hearing teachers teach. And there was a lot of questions going on back and forth, and it was causing a commotion, and Paul heard about this, and, and Paul wrote to them saying, in times of teaching, 
just like now, we're called to be quiet and still and listen. And then, if you have questions afterwards, that's great. Ask them then. That's the message Paul was conveying. It's, it's a message that I use with my family uh, as we're driving home from church or, or during lunch after church. Often conversations uh, arise and, and, and we start talking. What did Pastor Steve mean about this? Or, or what do you think the Bible reading really was trying to say? And we have these discussions back and forth. That passage was clearly for this time and not for all times. I, I live with three women, so hopefully I got myself out of trouble with that one. I'll, I'll know when I go out to see if my truck will run after, after service or not. So let's take a look at this passage from Luke and see if it is just for that time or is it for all time. If we dig into Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 19, way back in the Old Testament, it says, when you are harvesting in your field and you overlook a sheaf, do not go back to get it. Leave it for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the works of your hands. Way back in the Old Testament, God was telling us that we need to love everyone, even that foreigner who we may not know, who we may not agree with, but we still need to show them that strange love. The Bible's pretty serious when it talks about love. According to BibleGateway.com, there are 686 references to the word love. The first one is in the very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. The last one, the very last book of the Bible, Revelations 22 through 15. Even though this is a really hard verse, even though sh showing strange love is really difficult, I'm afraid that this passage isn't just for that time, but it's for all time. We are called to show strange love, to love our enemies. You may be sitting there thinking, enemies? Do I really have any enemies? It's not like I'm a superhero or something and, and I have an arch nemesis. But if we stop and think about that, as we're watching the political shows or, or reading our Facebook page, and we see someone who posts this liberal idea and you're going, oh, I can't believe this, or, or, or someone who, who posts this, this conservative idea that is so far out there that how could anyone possibly think that, and it just gets you so riled up inside. Is that person your enemy? What about that person at work who is always disagreeing with you, will never listen to your ideas. Everything you do, they seem to, to, to try to contradict and, and undermine. Is that person your enemy? 
Have you sat on a board in church and had someone sit across from you who you just couldn't stand? Is that person your enemy? We're called to love those people, to show them God's grace and mercy, to pray for them. We're called to pray for David Silverman. David Silverman is a leader of the, one of the largest atheist groups in America. He wrote a book called An Atheist Manifesto, or excuse me, the, the book is called Fighting God, An Atheist Manifesto for a Religious World. David Silverman doesn't like us, yet we are called to show him love and grace and mercy. We're called to love people who curse us. Does that mean we're called to love ISIS? ISIS is a group of people who, they don't like us. They don't like anything that we stand for. Not America, not Christianity. They are against us. And yet, we are called to show them love and grace and mercy to pray for them? How difficult is this passage? A few weeks ago, I was driving back from the family farm. I was just kind of out there poking around, and I was coming home, and I wasn't really in the mood to listen to music. I was just kind of flipping around radio stations, trying to, to find something to listen to. And this guy caught my attention. I was like, I'm going to listen to him for a while. He sounds kind of interesting. It did not take me very long to realize that I was listening to the Catholic radio station. This guy was obviously a Catholic priest. But the message that he had drew me in. That we are to love everyone, no matter if they drive us crazy, no matter if they're trying to persecute us, no matter if they hate us, we are called to love everyone. One of the practices that he had, he was a professor at one of the universities, was to go in before his class and to pray for the class that it went well. And during the class, there was normally a person who just kind of got under his skin a little bit. There was a person who just, I wished you weren't in my class. So what he did was to go in and sit in that person's chair. And he was the very first person that he prayed for. He said that it was amazing how that changed his perspective. The person didn't change. The person still drove him crazy. But how he treated him, how he looked at them, changed drastically. How would we change? If we put that person who drove us just the most crazy, the person to whom we consider an enemy at the very top of our prayer list, that's the first thing that we prayed for. Sure, you can pray for your family. 
Sure, you can, you can pray for, for people who are, are hurt or ailing, but at the very top of our list, what would it do if we put that person or that thing or that group at the very top? How would that change us? How would that change Christianity? pretty drastic idea that is indeed showing the world strange love Christ didn't pull any punches he said to love everyone he didn't say everyone of our family he didn't say everyone of our friends he said everyone our enemies people who curse us people who hate us We are to show strange love to them. It's not easy to do. Being Christian isn't an easy thing to do. Showing strange love to people isn't easy to do. But that is what we are called to do. To show strange one to every single person. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, you've given us this task that seems impossible. You've given us this this directive to go and love our enemies, to love those who hate us and curse us, And it just seems, it seems impossible to do that. So Heavenly Father, today I just ask that you soften our hearts. To give us that strength and courage to show the world the love and grace that you have shown us. I ask this now in your Son Jesus' name. Amen.